Hey there, guys. So, as you can tell, I uh, I said in in uh, last week's thing, sort of announcement thing that I put out there, that I wouldn't be doing an episode by myself for a while, and I would try to avoid it. But uh, whoopsie daisies, I guess I'm already lying to you guys. So I I apologize. I did have a guest plan. They did pull out of the last second. It's slightly annoyingly, but uh, whatever. I still am going to put an episode out for this week. And yeah, I hope you enjoy me talking about this film by myself for a bit. Uh, have fun with it, I guess. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of At The Movies with William Fletcher. As per usual, I am your host, William Fletcher, and welcome to this week's episode. So, I know in the intro I probably explained that, yeah, this episode... It's just going to be me this week, and uh, I do feel bad about that. I do apologize. It was never uh, a plan of mine, but it is uh, what it is, and I guess we'll have to, I don't know, (laughs) work (laughs) with it. So, yeah, this week I will be covering the Incredible Hulk film from 2008 in anticipation of the She-Hulk TV series that is releasing on Disney Plus this week. So, yeah, I'm just gonna, yeah, sort of talk about this film. So, it's, uh, uh it's very weird watching this. So, I, I have seen this film before years ago. I, I have a, a very, very little memory of this film at all. I, I, I really don't remember. I, I really don't remember a whole lot about this film. So, so watch, rewatching it for the purpose of this was effectively like watching it for the first time again. And so there's just a lot of stuff in it that I, I, I really don't forget. Um, that I, that I did forget rather that I don't really remember. And the only stuff that I can really think of and, and tr- is stuff I'd seen recently in videos and reviews and that of it. Yeah, but it's, it's, uh, it's one of the weakest Marvel films to date for me. I, I, I don't think it's like bad by any means, like by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not like, it's not top tier Marvel. This is, uh, this is, you know, sort of still in the days when Marvel was really trying to figure out what the hell they were doing that you know they um and and i think that like because because this came was released the same year as the first iron man film which is you know a, a really really one of the best mcu films i would say and and this is is not so and you know i uh think it's uh it's it's interesting to sort of watch this sort of with the context especially because it's not mark ruffalo in the role that is edward norton and i do think mark ruffalo is far far better but i will give uh norton the uh sort of the sort of the um i don't know what the word i'm looking for is i'll sort of give him i'll be fairer to him because he was you know the only um he was only in the one film whereas ruffalo has been in far more films than that he's been in you know what four avengers films at the lead and you know he's been in ragnarok and you know he's been in a lot lot more than edward norton but i think edward norton if he had stayed on if there wasn't problems with edward norton being involved with the film and having uh the the main thing is he really likes to sort of be involved in the editing and that kind of thing i think he did that on american history x i think he there was a the director for some reason 
wasn't really like that he was yeah, the director wasn't particularly involved in like the final edit of American History X or something like that and Edward Norton sort of stepped in or there's like a problem with the editor or something and Norton sort of um uh, I, I mean kind of notorious he, it's known that he sort of gets involved and Marvel was sort of like nah we're not really having that so um they sort of canned him and put in Mark Ruffalo who is you know far better in the role even though Edward Norton I would say is the better actor of the two I think Mark Ruffalo works far better as Bruce Banner in this film uh but yeah sort of the uh Edward Norton's performance is very interesting to watch because it, it does feel a bit like I, I do think if he had been in more films I do reckon he probably would have been able to work better and eventually he probably would have gotten to a point where I would think like yeah he's great in this role but sort of as it is in this film he probably he definitely needed a stronger script to work with to make his performance just work in a you know work better and 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 I feel like the I think it's partly the script that lets him down as well like I I I think like because I do think Edward Norton potentially could have worked in the uh like depending on the script if if it was him instead of Mark Ruffalo in like the first Avengers films I think that Edward Norton could have potentially worked there I, I do think it's sort of a scripting thing more than anything not to say that Edward Norton is particularly bad in this film or anything he's he's perfectly fine but he's not amazing like he's perfect like he's solid he, like he's he's fine he's not uh he's not particularly amazing or anything but he is you know sort of trying to work with what the script is giving him and the script is really not giving him like a a, a whole lot to work with which is you know part of the problem i think i think that like he uh like i i do think he needs you know, a, a good script. Like I think Edward Norton, I've I, like I've seen him in enough stuff, and I do think he needs a good script to help get him to work. But if you, you know, if he's presented with a good script, he'll be wonderful. You know, he'll be fantastic. You know, as, as seen in in various things that he's done. But and I think that is sort of what lets him down. It lets all the actors down, honestly, because there aren't. You know, there's some decent actors in this film. You know, like Tim Roth, for example, who I love. I'm I'm a massive Tim Roth fan, but he really doesn't work in this sort of context in this film. He uh, and I hope that with She-Hulk, they are able to make uh, them able to make Tim Roth work better. And I would really like to hope that they really give him something to do and and based on the trailers and and what we've seen of the promotional material and everything um tim roth seems to be sort of a hannibal lecter type figure he or like the i guess baron zemo how baron zemo was in falcon and the winter soldier he was sort of the villain there he's sort of like the tertiary you know secondary villain who's there to help the heroes with a story you know our last silence of the lambs you know lecter's in the in the you know that sort of thing and i think that would have really and i think that that could be a good role for him because he i don't really buy tim roth as this you know military this just killer you know he doesn't really work in that role he 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 doesn't have he doesn't have the look which i think is 
the problem i think that's one of the sort of main problems with this is he doesn't look like a he would be in the military and I, and he's supposed to and I, and that's sort of a problem he you know he there's this there's a uh, multiple scenes where he's shirtless and he isn't you know i i would i would have expected him to be you know ripped and to have abs and or you know to have sort of you know to be you know in a, in in good physical shape but you sort of watch the film and and he's not really and it just sort of looks weird and i can't you know i can't put him in that you know that sort of uh i I can't sort of have that sort of framework that sort of idea in my mind of like this is you know a a, a, you know military guy you know but again it's i don't know i feel like tim roth really should have worked harder and gone into shit because that's just sort of the comic book thing now is actors get in ridiculous shape for roles so they look the part and uh, tim roth they didn't clearly but uh like you know the the rest you know the cast is in sort of a general sense it's all fine like none of the acting's particularly terrible or anything but none of it's particularly great either you know Liv Tyler is very I like the MCU took it took them you know years to figure out how to write female characters and even now they're not particularly great but they're getting better and man do they there's lived you know is is betty betty ross not particularly is meh but like betty ross is just not interesting and again it's not the actor's fault or anything it's just that the writing needs to be stronger and when you have bad or, or weak writing rather i wouldn't go as far well some of it's bad some of it's weak some of it's like fine but when you have weak writing, it doesn't help when you've got actors who need good scripts to be good. You know, uh, you know, we've got uh, William Hurt in it as as uh, General as Thunderbolt Ross. Again, he's fine. I don't particularly care for his character in these films. Uh, you've got Ty Burrell, who I, who I think is. I mean, I don't think he's amazing or anything. I just know him from Modern Family, and he's relatively entertaining in that and you know i've got robert downey jr at the end of the film as tony stark who i mean it's robert downey jr as tony stark you can't go wrong with him he's always uh uh quite a bit of but you know it just i don't know it's just not particularly good i think like the film is weird because there's some really good stuff and but there's also some really bad stuff and some pretty weak stuff like like i think like the score is strangely good and sort of slap you know like it like it i don't know it if it doesn't really fit per se it just is energy it just has a vibe of like this is like it sort of gets you like sort of pumped up and it just sort of it just goes like hard you know like it really is just there and it just is like this isn't what i was sort of expecting like it just it's just so yeah out of place but it kind of works and i kind of like it it's it's sort of one of the better mcu scores uh like and i and i think the app like the the mcu scores are pretty solid I, I think there's some really good music in the mcu you know i think the 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 main avengers theme by alan silvestri is great i think all the stuff michael giacchino's done and danny elfman have done i think that their stuff is really great you know i, I think that there is good music in the mcu but this is uh certainly a very 
yeah interesting um you know sort of elements of score in there and i think it's certainly interesting um you know but there is there's also just tons of other sort of weird elements like the stan lee cameo is him dying uh, that's just i don't like that that's a weird that's a terrible thing to do to stan lee is have him die in a cat like because i think stan lee cameos really shouldn't be too much and they also shouldn't really affect the plot because the stanley cameo in this ha- is quite important to the plot you know he uh, for those, if you haven't seen it or you don't remember, uh, there's a bit in the film where Bruce gets cut. He's like helping an electrical thing and he gets cut and he gets blood and he's like, Eddie, you know, blood, it sort of, it's like a couple drops of blood that go like sort of falling through like a grate or whatever and he's like worried and he thinks he gets it, but then we see it and there's, you know, a bottle with blood sort of dripping down slowly and that just isn't noticed by anyone, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, it gets in and then Stanley drinks it and then he, well, I mean, I say he dies, I don't even know if he dies, he just doesn't, uh, doesn't go well and then that leads them to, uh south america where bruce is sort of hiding out at the where yeah sort of so south america where bruce is hiding out so you know the stanley cameo like affects the plot and i don't like that i I really don't think the stanley cameos should be affecting the plot in any significant way or in any way really you know there's certain like sort of the older ones like back in the x-men films and the raimi spider-man films he's just there to he's usually just in like the background like in like the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man is it, it's just him like running you know and in X-Men it's him just sort of on a beach just sort of staring at like the, I think it's like the senator or whatever coming out of the ocean and he's all blobby and stuff but uh yeah I just don't think yeah this is one of the weaker Stanley cameos just in general not just in the MCU just in general yeah, I, I, I just think that this film is very, yeah, it's very strange. I, the effects, you know, CGI and all that hasn't aged particularly well. And I, I, again, I, I kind of fit, like, especially when it, you've got like, like the sort of final battle between Hulk and Abomination, I think is pretty solid and looks decent. Like, so, you know, yeah, it's not amazing effects or anything, but I think that like, the final battle works because it's, you know, sort of too, I, I don't think it's particularly bad, but it's like when Hulk is, or Abomination is sort of interacting with sort of real tangible elements, like when Hulk uh, picks up Betty Ross, for example, and holds her, or she, like she's on him when he, when he's like, you know, when Hulk is, uh, what's, what is it? He's like, he's strapped down to like a table to get his blood taken out or whatever, and Betty is sort of on top of him. You know, that looks really strange, uh, but, you know, but I think, like, yeah, the sort of the final battle looks really good. I think some of the effects are are pretty solid. Like, I don't think there's, like... Like, I wouldn't go as far to say that the effects are... Like, like, again, they're they're fine, but I, I do think, like, the first Iron Man, for example, which came out the same year, looks pretty good. You know, like, it has... I I don't feel like it's dated especially badly like like i don't think like at hell i think most of the mcu stuff the sort of older mcu stuff looks pretty solid i mean hell even some of this mcu cgi now is looks worse than stuff we had 
you know, back in the, back at sort of in the early days of the MCU, I, I, I do think some of it hasn't aged well. I think like, yeah, sort of modern MCU CGI hasn't already looks terrible compared to sort of some of the older stuff. But this, I feel like, I don't know. It, it sort of seems like this incredible Hulk film was sort of the, uh, cause they had, you know, two films, they had Iron Man and the incredible Hulk. And it kind of seems like they might've put more, they might've spent more time on the eye on Iron Man and, and really making sure that works, which I, I do think is fair as, as an idea because it is, I mean, Iron Man is, for all intents and purposes, Iron Man is the main character of this franchise, and I do think you probably do want to put more time and effort and care into a film about a character who is going to be leading the franchise for the next decade plus, you know, like, he is, you know, he's important, and he, whereas Hulk, like, because people are familiar with Hulk, and, you know, because they did, like, there was the Hulk TV series in the 70s, which I've seen various episodes of it's it's a lot of fun actually i i don't think it's uh it's like it probably isn't an amazing show if i go back to it but it's a lot of fun lou ferrigno is hulk who is in this film as a cameo i think he he must have cameoed in the 2003 hulk film or something and plus he his vocals are added to hulk when he talks which i don't i think is a bit weird i think hulk talking is kind of a bit strange but yeah anyway i i think like because yeah because sort of hulk was um sort of get back to my point the hulk is sort of a well-known character like he, he was sort of one of the name like he's sort of one of those marvel because dc for years you know you people knew who batman were and superman and wonder woman and the flash and you know even aquaman you know and, and all that whereas marvel i mean you had spider-man everybody you know knew spider-man he had comics and well he'd had tv shows and like animated TV shows and live action stuff since the 60s, you know, so everybody knew who Spider-Man was, plus he had, there's the Raimi trilogy, all before the MCU, plus Hulk had his own TV series in the 70s, and that was the Ang Lee Hulk film, which I haven't seen, but I have heard is pretty bad, Where, but you know, but characters like, you know, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, you know, sort of cultural icons now and sort of, sort of film icons as well is, you know, like, like that, the initial Avengers, six Avengers are cultural icons in film now. You know, people know who these characters are. I, I was out, you know, doing, I was out at work today and um i i just heard you know a little four-year-old kid you know there was a book and he's like look mommy it's iron man you know and i think that really says to the power because i i don't think like because i think if if this was you know pre-mcu and there was a book with iron man on it a kid probably wouldn't be like oh look that's iron man they might be like oh that's kind that looks cool what's that i want to get that but they wouldn't be like oh my god it's iron man but now you know, these are recognizable icons and heroes to a lot of people, arguably. And, you know, you sort of want to spend more time and care on a film where the main character of your franchise is not a particularly well-known character. Whereas Hulk, you probably, not to say they didn't put care and time and effort into it, because that seems harsh. And I, and I'm certain they put a lot of work into this film but it seems like they probably wouldn't have been as concerned if this film didn't do as well because people knew who hulk was because people because he was a a well-known you know sort of figure and you know he 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 was well known you know to the sort of level of some of the dc 
to some to a lot of to some of DC's biggest characters, you know. Um, so this film, it, it it sort of feels like like not like it's a like they're lazy or they're not putting effort in or they're not caring or anything, but it it sort of feels like they I don't know, like something about it just feels off in comparison to sort of the rest of the MCU, and it might be the fact that it was produced and, and sort of distributed by universal uh and and they currently sort of own the rights to this film which is why there won't be at least not for the foreseeable future a solo hulk film in the mcu anymore because some yeah i, I don't know the sort of the, like the sort of legal stuff behind it or the sort of context of sort of how and why universal owns the rights to making Hulk films, but they don't, you know, the Marvel, Disney don't own the rights to it, so they can't do Hulk films, solo Hulk films, so they've been basically just doing his storylines in other films, that's what Ragnarok was, and then his sort of story in Ragnarok connected to the next two Avengers films and all that, uh, but, yeah, and I think, to be honest, I don't know how well it would, how, you know, like, doing a hulk film how well it would work now i feel like it would i I don't know like yeah i i don't know because it, it i don't i mean it de- i think it would depend i think if they did a hulk film like a solo hulk film with mark ruffalo i i do reckon they could probably make it work just about plus they there's like sort of a setup in this film, there's uh, one of the characters, Mr. Blue is his sort of uh, nickname, and he gets, like, Banner's blood. Like, he has, like, a cut in his head, and he gets Banner's blood, and then his head starts to expand, and I think he becomes the leader, I think, is the character that he sort of... They were sort of setting up and hinting towards, and I don't know... And they haven't done anything with that since, presumably because they don't have the rights to make solo Hulk films, but potentially they could introduce him back in the she-hulk series because it's it's one of those weird marvel thing it's one of those marvel things that like sort of is set up in an early film and then they don't really call back to it or pay it off at any point and maybe it's because universal owns the rights to it so they can't really do a whole lot with it but i i would like them to wrap it up because i'm someone who likes loose ends to be tied up uh, if, if it's, if something's setting up for something, if they're setting up for a movie or whatever, then I would really, uh, like it if they did that, but they are not, at least not for the foreseeable future, which is kind of annoying, but it is, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, and so then, yeah, there's the sort of the final battle between Hulk and Abomination, and I actually should say, before I talk about the scene and then, you know, sort of wrap the whole thing up, the dialogue, the, the script is very cheesy, there's so many subtle in-jokes and references and sort of foreshadowing elements, and it's just like, I don't particularly care for this, and I don't like it, again, again, I think it speaks to early days Marvel, but, you know, I think it's probably the, not lack of care per se, but rather they were sort of more, they weren't as, I guess, worried about this film, like, I feel like they, like, I don't know, but there's just so many, like, there's a bit where Bruce Banner, where Edward Norton's Banner holds up a pair of pants, and expecting people to go, like, oh my god, because, like, the Hulk, US purple pants and everything, and the dialogue, which is like, oh, an abomination, and all that, I don't, I don't particularly care for it, uh, it's very, the script is very, 
at, at times, but it's very cheesy and I don't, uh, it, it does not work for me particularly. But, you know, I, I think, like, the thing that really works for me and Fire and Away is my favourite bit of the film is the final sort of battle between, uh, uh, Hulk and Abomination, because sort of throughout the film, uh, Emil Blonsky, Tim Roth's character, he was injected with something so he could deal with Hulk, but then he's, you know, kicked into a tree and his entire body breaks, basically, and then he heals rapidly, and then he takes another serum, and he starts, he's, like, getting sweaty, and then he's getting weird spines out of his back and everything, and it's just like, okay, so, you know, sort of setting up towards him becoming a monster, an abomination, as it were, and then he takes another sort of, he takes more of Banner's sort of blood or whatever, it is, and then he becomes Abomination, and then, yeah, it's Hulk, and then Hulk versus Abomination is the sort of final battle, and it's just two big, you know, sort of monsters beating the shit out of each other, and I really like it, I thought it was a lot of fun, and it's just, because you don't really see that, because you don't, we haven't really seen anything like that, you know, with Hulk pretty much since, I mean, there was the sort of Thanos thing, but he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't really do too well on that, and it's not particularly long either. But, like, I think it it really is... Yeah, it's... Uh, I really like it in this film, The Final Battle, and then, you know, like, it, it is very brutal. You know, Hulk, he gets stabbed by Abomination, sort of elbow spike. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Every time I have to say spike, but um, yeah, and then you know he grabs the chain and he starts whipping and he's gonna you know do stuff to him and then Hulk does the Hulk smash and he smashes the ground and he falls and he gets the chain and he starts choking him out and he like and then Hulk stabs Abomination with his you know elbow spike and yeah it's really brutal action and I really like it and uh. I, uh, I do, I kind of wish the entire film had been as entertaining as that, because it might be one of my favourite MCU films, honestly, if it had been that entertaining, but as is, it's, it's a perfectly decent film with a really cool fight scene at the end, and then, you know, sort of a setup of Tony Stark. It's not even a post-credit scene or mid-credit scene or anything, it's just Tony Stark, he's there, and he's like, yep, we're putting a team together, and then the movie ends. Uh, it's, uh, it's very, uh, it's very weird, and, and, you know, it's the only MCU film without a, a post-credit scene, but it, 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 like, it's effectively, it's the equivalent of that, it just, just didn't really do that, um, but yeah, like, this is just, it's a fine MCU film, it's one of the weakest MCU films, but I, I do enjoy elements of it, and I do hope, and I do wish that the She-Hulk show, She-Hulk show will uh, we'll do something interesting with Tim Roth and make him, you know, interesting in the MCU. So I'm giving this film a 6 out of 10. It's a relatively strong 6, but it's not particularly high or anything like that. So yeah, I hope you all enjoyed listening to this week's episode. Apologies for me being the only one on this week. It was not my plan, but that's just how life works sometimes. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed. Check out the previous episodes and I will see all of you guys in the next one. Goodbye.